First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 713 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy, as always, to be here with you guys. And boy, do I have a great guest for you today. Retired Navy SEAL Drago Duran joins me on the podcast today. I have been trying to track down Drago for a very long time. You guys know how much I love and respect the Navy SEALs, their entire community. I've had, I, I think, a little bit more than 70 Navy SEALs on the podcast here at this point. Uh, Drago is one I've been trying to get. He's got a brand new book out. It is a must read. It couldn't be more timely. The Pledge to America, One Man's Journey from Political Prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL. Uh, Drago was born in Poland under communist rule. He spent time in a communist prison for his activism against the socialist oppression. He immigrated to the United States in 1984 and then became a citizen in 1991, joining the Navy that same year. He served in the Navy for 20 years. He was a member of SEAL Team 2, SEAL Team 4. He was a BUDS instructor. He performed over 100 combat direct action missions as a Naval Special Warfare lead breacher while he was deployed to Iraq in 2003, 2004, and 2005. While deployed in Iraq, he developed a new breaching method uh, and also a specialized breaching charge that minimized fragmentation and reduced potential injuries to non-combats on target. His breaching charge allowed SEAL assault elements a smaller standoff distance from the explosive breach and became widely used by the SEALs throughout Iraq, saving countless lives. Drago was awarded the Bronze Star Medal with the V device for Valor, the Navy Commendation Medal, and many other military awards. But his story is truly unlike anybody else's. That's why his book, His Story, is absolutely incredible. Again, the pledge to America, one man's journey from political prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL. Drago makes me want to be a better U.S. citizen than I am. I pray to God that I am living a life that's worth all the sacrifices that have been made by so many men uh, just like Drago. He is the founder of the Navy SEALs Fund. You can go to NavySealsFund.org to support that. He also started a social media site, Connect Zing. You can go to ConnectZing.com and you can visit his website, DragoGeron.com. All those links are going to be right down there in the description below. It is a tremendous honor to have him on the podcast today. Drago is going to be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Drago was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation between the retired Navy SEAL and myself. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, a couple of the Navy SEALs that Drago served with were Jocko Willink and Rob O'Neill, uh, both of whom I've had the honor of speaking with right here on the podcast, as well as so many other Navy SEALs, including lone survivor Marcus Luttrell. Uh, go down there, go through the archives, check them all out. And be sure you guys are following my new podcast, The Alec Lay Show. It's now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty soon wherever you get your podcasts. I go live on Rumble every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I've had some tremendous guests join me on that podcast as well. The whole point of that podcast is really to focus mainly on the political issues that are affecting parents in this country today. Go to Rumble, search First Class Fatherhood. You will find The Alec Lay Show. 
All right, so let's do this. As always, please help me spread the word about today's podcast. Every father in your neighborhood and your contact list and let them know about the show. And it's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with Drago Duran on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father... Drago, Jaron, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is a great honor to be here, and uh, I appreciate that. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. This is a long time coming for me. I've been trying to get a hold of you for a very long time. I've had, I don't know, over 60, 65 Navy SEALs on the show here. Uh, and before I started doing the podcast, I used to watch those um, videos on YouTube of you and, and <laughs> Webb and Ritland sitting in the room there talking about SEAL stories. And I was like, man, I would love to get a hold of uh Drago to get him on the show. <laughs> so finally got you here. It's a big honor for me. Uh, so if you could, let's start like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have five kids. I have the oldest one is Adam. He's 29. He's married with a beautiful daughter. That's his, my, my granddaughter. Uh, uh, then is Blake. He's 27. He is a former Marine with year-long deployment to Afghanistan and currently studying electrical engineering in uh, on university. Uh, then is Connor. He's 25. He's currently serving in Coast Guard. And then is a queen of the house, uh, princess of the house, Gracie. She's 14. She plays violin and drums. She loves working with her horse, dressage. And she does her ninja competitions. She rules the house. That's true. And then I have a 12 years old Dorian. He does gymnastics and plays guitar. So I'm very proud. I have a great family, great kids. I'm very proud of them. Wow. Wow. That's incredible, Drago. Yeah, I have four kids. Uh, my fourth is our only girl, and she runs the show over here. So I know a little <laughs> bit about how that works. Yes. Uh, if you could, uh, we're going to jump into your book here, The Pledge to America, in just a bit. But if you could, just a, a quick uh, capsule form here. Hit the listeners with a little bit about your background. So I grew up in uh, socialist Poland behind Iron Curtain, uh, the Poland that was run by Marxist communists like my father. Uh, I just would like to make a point here. None of I'm talking socialist Poland because none of these countries behind Iron Curtain were ever communist countries. They were all socialist states, including Soviet Union. So I just want to make it clear. Um, I grew up there, uh, and then when I became older, I and eventually ended up in a political prison as a political prisoner of socialist state for printing a bulletin outside of fake news media and outside of socialist censorship. So I got three years prison sentence, and after the prison time, I escaped to the United States. I became American in 1991. And then it was at the time when the first Persian war broke out. So I felt I'm American. I need to support my country the best I can. So I dropped everything I was doing. I went and joined US Navy. It happened, I became Navy SEAL, and uh, I never intend to serve uh, 20 years. I intend to just serve during the wartime and then come back to my normal good life that I had. It never happened. I stayed for 20 years, and I retired from U.S. Navy as a Navy SEAL in 2011. 
Uh, now I am, uh, I change uh, a little bit the gears. I'm software engineer and uh, I'm, uh, and again, I'm, I'm proud American. You, you're, you're the kind of American that makes me hope I'm doing everything I can be, <laughs> I can do to be the kind of citizen that you are. You know, it's amazing. And thank you for your service. And, and so then tell me, Drago, during this whole journey that you did have, at what point in this, uh, how old were you when you first became a father? And how did that whole experience change your perspective on life? I became a father when I was uh, 34 years old. Uh, still serving in the Navy then? And still serving in the Navy, still deploying. So at that time, you know, my I did not understand how important it is to be with the child, to be there for the child uh, until I retired from the Navy, actually, and had two children outside uh, uh, when I was outside of the Navy. At that time, I remember, and it still haunts me today, um, I remember my oldest son, when I came in from deployment, he was just a little, uh, little baby laying in the crib. Then after the trips outside for training here, training there, coming home. So I have a glimpses and snapshots of his growing up. And at that time, I didn't know any better. I thought this is the way it is until again, I had the ch- children after my Navy uh, career. And now I see how much I uh, I miss. And um, I'm trying to fix these things. I'm trying to be a good father that I am now. So uh, but that being away from my child at the time had a big influence, has big influence on me today. Well, I, I can only imagine a, a, after everything you've been through coming to this country, escaping, you know, the communist socialist uh, occupied Poland that you came from for you to serve the country. And now look back. And I know you capture this in uh, the Pledge to America, uh, one man's journey from political prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL. The link to the book is in the in the description of the podcast. But w- what is it? What is America looking like to you as you look around right now? What's going on in our country, uh, a country that you fought for, came here for the freedoms that it offers? Uh, what, what's your take right now on America? America is the best, the most free country in the world. We all do have, every country has problems. But, you know, when I wrote my book, um, the intention was for people to read it and use as a prism to look at great America. Because when you read what really socialist state, the socialist perversion and and, and atrocities uh, uh, can do to people, you will love more America you will love more America the way we are, although they are concerning uh, 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 things that I am uh, I am really worried about. And this is basically the vilifying our families, vilifying our patriotism, vilifying our faith. And I, as I described in my book, I... It is something new to America. People never experienced the depravity and perversion of socialism and communism. So they are not aware of some of the methods and tactics that I describe in my book. But uh, please remember that the, the, the villains is necessary is element of every socialist state, whether it was Joseph Stalin socialism and his villains were kulaks, uh, the wealthy peasants. Then they were uh, uh, medical doctors, and uh, in in uh, 
Socialist Germany, Adolf Hitler National Socialist Germany. They were the villains were Jews. In Poland, the villains were wealthier people uh, in Polish society, better educated people, so-called intelligentsia. And uh, in every of these states, the children always become a target of evil. So this is something that we need to really pay attention now to what our children are being taught in schools and counteract sometimes the narrative, if this is evil narrative. And especially now where uh, there is so much uh, divisions in our society. And I think this is being done on purpose because it is politically much easier to control divided nation versus uh, uh, solid uh, uh, monolithic nation. So uh, I am I have very uh, I am very concerned what's going on in our country. You see, like I say in my book, the process that I see here right now is very well known in socialist communist states. It is called normalization, or more explicitly, a normalization of evil. But this is something where uh, socialist state, the communists, they will wait out the people who with solid moral values, with faith in family, until they eventually move out of political scene. When they get old, they get, uh, 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 they get a little bit less prominent. And this, this is why they attack our children. They, they try to get them as quick, as soon as they can to indoctrinate them to pervert them into some of these values that the older generation would never allow. And I think this is what is happening a lot now, the attacks on our children, uh, that you can see the, the, the medical facilities mutilating our children. And uh, it's very worrying. And I only hope that one day we will be able to prosecute these evil doctors mutilating uh, our children. And, you know, it will happen. I do believe it will happen, just like in socialist communist states behind Iron Curtain. We never thought that uh, these evil people were ever brought to justice. But look what is going on right now. Poland is free. There, uh, there is no more socialism in Poland. And these prosecutors, these judges and teachers who were uh, imposing socialism on free people in Poland, who were uh, actually executing or sentencing to death opponents of socialism there are today being prosecuted. Matter of fact, I just got the call not too long time ago from a prosecutor in my city trying to inquiring about uh, my uh, 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 torture and beatings I received in the communist prison. So, uh, so the, the justice will come and those who think they will get away with it um, I, I would say they will not, and eventually we'll be able to prosecute these evil doctors and ideologues trying to pervert our children and mutilate them. And, and we did just see, I think Texas became the 18th state to make it illegal for these doctors to uh, mutilate the children and prescribe them uh, puberty blockers and stuff like that. So it is on the path towards, but I think you come with the, the unique perspective, Drago, because you come from 
the, the communist socialist uh, regime. And you, you've seen it firsthand, lived there. And I think a lot of the young people in America today are just they don't have anything personally to compare it to. They just think of it as it's going to be better than the situation that we're in right now. And, and they're giving these. And, and as you say, obviously, the school system is indoctrinating the kids. Uh, colleges are indoctrinating, uh, indoctrinating the young adults and social media or media is indoctrinating the adults into all of the same similar ideology. And it's scary when you hear uh, things like the president of the United States, Joe Biden, recently said that we have to remember uh, parents are all, the whole nation owns our kids like they, these kids are the, belong to the whole nation. The press secretary said these are our kids. And essentially they're saying kids don't belong to their parents. They belong to the state and they belong to the school system. The school system knows better for what's better for your kids than the parents do. And that's alarming to hear that as a parent. And it's amazing to see that more parents aren't standing up against it. But is that type of rhetoric, is that right out of the Marxist playbook? Uh, out of the Marxist and socialist playbook, if you look at the Adolf Hitler, he says the same, he used to say the same thing. Those are our children. Uh, uh, we control them. The, the same thing, Joseph Stalin, the same thing, socialism, communists like my father in Poland, that, that was their attitude because they understood that they cannot sway uh, older generation into evil ways. They need to target our children. So they will try to restrain. And this is why uh, uh, I'm not surprised that uh, some people in our government are calling uh, parents with morality, moral, with morals and faith a terrorist. This is something out of the Adolf Hitler's playbook, and we need to be very careful about it. And again, uh, like my father used to say, because I had a lot of conversations with him when I was growing up, then uh, when uh, I spent some time with him, he was very adamant about it, that people do not understand the benefits of communism and socialism. So we need to force that ideology on, on, on them. And those who fight, they need to be canceled, ostracized, removed from, from society, and even physically eliminated. That's my father saying, physically eliminated to not to disturb the process of building better socialist society. So I am very disturbed by that and we need to be very careful. This is why we as a parents will play and are playing the big role in the development, not only of our children, but the future of our country because these children are our future. So just nowadays after this evil emerged, there is no longer enough to just sit and ask child, how was it school today? Ah, it was great. Okay, let's move on. Now you really need to inquire what the child is being taught in school. And if there is a, uh, uh, and, and if it needs to be, and uh, the parents must counteract that narrative. We want our children to feel safe at school, to go to bathroom where they belong, and, and not to be afraid of assault, of exposing uh, some perverts to them. Um, I am very concerned with, with the directions that our country has, has taken, but it's not the entire country. It seems like it is being hijacked by the political party with the, um, with the correct idea the correct understanding that perversion, morality, and division will allow them to rule our citizens much easier. And if you keep them in poverty, busy, and pauperized, 
they will be less inclined to revolt or to complain about the socialist uh, uh, economy that is really tanking right now. I mean, please think about it. Within two years from energy independence and booming economy, we are begging tyrants for oil. We have, uh, our citizens have a hard time by gas and food at the same time. So we need to really look into the process that is taking place in our country. And again, like I say before, this is something new for America. American citizens are very innocent. They were never exposed to the perversion, depravity of socialism. So it is easy yet to push certain agenda, but it seems like a lot of people are waking up now and see that we are going in the wrong direction. And I think that socialism is definitely the wrong way to go. And the problem is that the, the perversion, depravity of socialism, Marxism, and communism are no longer being taught in our school. In our schools, so uh, the younger generation does not understand very well the danger of uh, how dangerous these ideologies are. And Drago, I, th- I think one of the one of the silver linings that happened during the pandemic was so many parents for the first time got an opportunity to see what exactly their kids were learning in school because they were there doing it from home and they were doing it online. And parents were kind of like, wait a minute, you know, they, they, they ears popped up and say, wait, this is what's going on. And so more started to get involved. And I do. I think parents, number one, I think the American family is the underdog in this country. And I do believe the future is going to be in the hands of the parents, not the politicians. It's going to be up to them to really make the changes that we need to see. But I'm curious for you because you just, you know, I, my, my main focus obviously here is fatherhood and, and just as kids, especially as young boys, we always look up to our fathers. We idolize our dads. We want to impress them. We want their opinion. Uh, we, we, we so much want to emulate what they do. You growing up with a father that was a, a communist, um, where, at what point did your ideology shift or were there other father figures in your life? How did you end up becoming a guy who came to America, fought for freedom, served the country and speaks out against communism and socialism? When did that switch take place for you? There was never in the switch because I was I growing up in family who understood atrocities of socialism and communism, uh, never mind my father, because my father was never part of my family. He was he left us very quick when I was seven years old. But please remember that my family survived quite few socialisms. She, they survived the Joseph Stalin socialism. They survived, they survived Adolf, Hitler's, Adolf Hitler's socialism, national socialism. They survived uh, Leonid Brezhnev socialism. And I was part of that socialism too, under the Leonid Brezhnev uh, uh, ruling the Soviet Union and Poland by the same time. Well, not officially, but that was all under the... So so I was never exposed to... Uh, uh, I, when I was growing up, I already understood how dangerous the socialism is. Also, I witnessed the terror in, in still on our in our families in Poland at the time. My mother, like I remember when I was, I think in the fifth grade, uh, when we had to start learning Russian language. And I remember I just uh, learned to teach her, why do we learn Russian when we still didn't master Polish language? <laughs> and why do we want to appease these communists and socialists? 
And oh my God, I mean, I was pulled out of my class immediately. I was marched to uh, to principal's office. My mother was, the police was called. They drove to pick, she was a teacher in different school. So the police with, with the agents, with the secret Polish police, they picked my mother, they drove her to my school. And I still remember vividly how they threatened my mother. If she does not instill more love for socialism uh, uh, in me and my siblings, uh, she is going to lose custody and we will march into the government custody uh, uh, orphanage where we will be properly taught of, uh, uh, of the love for socialism and communism. And there was nothing unusual. I mean, that's, that was just my personal experience when I was 12 years old, uh, 11 years old. But, uh, but this is something that is quite common in any country run by socialism and communism. And please remember, it is very easy to fall into socialism, but uh, you have to basically shoot your way out of it. I mean, look at Poland and any country behind the Iron Curtain, any East European country, it took almost five decades to free them so they can free themselves from uh, communist, socialist yoke. Look at Cuba, look what happened to Venezuela, the richest country in South America at one time, is now people are hunting rats for food. So this is, uh, I, I wish there was more being told about the danger of these ideologies in our schools. But if it is not, it is parents' obligation to educate our kids so they won't fall in the trap that uh, many other nations did fall, uh, in, and including Poland at the time. Poland is free now. Poland has no wrong, it's no longer a socialist state, neither is Soviet Union. Uh, Soviet Union doesn't exist, but neither is Russia. What people don't understand that uh, I, I've been asked quite often why, why is, uh, uh, how, why the Russia rebuilt itself fairly fast? Well, the answer is simple. They kick socialism and communism to the curb. They are no longer a socialist state and they are very dangerous. Uh, we, we just, um, I think a lot of people here do not understand how dangerous uh, uh, Russia can be to us and to the world. And, and you know, just because you'd be the perfect person to ask this, Drago, and a lot, I think a lot of this, especially the young people in America, have this confusion about socialism, communism, and what it actually is. And there's so many different arguments and debates over this. And, and, and of course, the, the play is, well, this time, it's, they didn't do socialism like we want to do it. This socialism is going to be a better one. But real quick, if you could, what is the major differences between socialism and communism? I think the easiest way to explain it is in socialist state, you still have some property they allow you to, to, to govern, allows you to own property, although they control everything. And as in Poland or any other countries, yes, I described in my book, uh, the, we did have some properties. My uncle owned the business in Poland, although uh, after he started competing or started being inconvenient government uh, run factories, they destroy his uh, equipment, they torture him, they beat him up and, and they send the, what they call it is anti-fascists. Uh, uh, and there were small groups of like self-called, self-organized, supposedly self-organized groups 
that they went to his uh, factory, that destroyed the machinery, they beat him up. And uh, eventually when he complained, he was locked up and placed in prison. So the difference is, yes, yes, you can own some property in social state. This is why none of these states in behind Iron Curtain was ever a communist state. I think the closest to communism came Cambodia under Pol Pot, but they managed to kill one third of their nation in very short time and before they fell. So uh, I want people to understand not to get enamorated with the socialism, saying that socialism is different. It's not much different. It's still government control society to the extreme. It is also very convenient tool to uh, control uh, society. And I think the goal in America is not really uh, a socialism. Uh, the, the socialism being used as a, and socialist tactics and techniques are being used to subjugate the United States and to destroy it by our enemies. Uh, please remember, I mean, think about it for a second. How could you, how could someone destroy America or conquer America? Definitely not by uh, storming our beaches or parachuting in our land, right? It can be only done from within, from inside. If you can purchase a politician, if you can purchase a party and you can set them on, uh, on destroy and allow the in invasion to come under the guise of uh, uh, immigration, let's say, or whatever, uh, that's, very, uh, that's how we can ruin America and we need to make sure that it doesn't happen. Also, you mentioned that every time you, the different people come in, say, no, we know better how to build that socialism. Well, people need to learn history and need to understand, just like it happened in socialist countries behind Iron Curtain. Every five or seven years, there were upheaval and people were pacified by guns, by military, by secret police, by mass arrests. And then the new crew came in into government saying, okay, these guys were bad. So we, they will go in prison or some of them will be executed. But now we real socialists and communists, we know how to build it. So we're going to build better socialism. And it lasted for like maybe four or five years until that thing came to the end and people had enough of that type of socialism. So these people were arrested or eliminated or just removed from government and a new crew of socialists and communists came in and, and with the same mantra that, well, we build better socialism because we know how to do it. These guys didn't know what they do. And, uh, and, this, is, uh, and this is how the cycle repeated itself every five, six, seven years. We're talking about 1945, 40, the 44, when socialism was brought to Poland on the bayonets. Uh, then we have a 1950s, 1956, 1970s, 1976, and 1980s that end up in martial law, and eventually with the fall of socialism in Eastern Europe. But those upheavals happen every time, and every time new crew came in claiming that they will build better socialism. But the graves around the globe in millions are the attest to this a very uh, dangerous totalitarian system called socialism. People need to understand and learn.
And Drago, I, I think for a lot of people who, especially ones that haven't had their finger on the pulse of what's been going on in this country, uh, who have been, you know, living their life, paying their bills, raising their families, watching their sports, going out to dinners. I think they kind of think this all snuck up on us all of a sudden. Like one day you wake up and they're castrating children. We're like, how, how, this just happened overnight, but it's been coming here for a very long time. It, it, it's been sneaking, excuse me, sneaking into our college universities for decades now. And now it's down to the all the way down to our kindergarten classes where this stuff is now. They, they don't even want to tell parents what the kids are doing in school where it's I'm in New Jersey here where the, the governor signed this guidance where if a child says that they're transgender and wants to use different pronouns in school, the teachers are not obligated to even tell the parents that that's going on. So and I think a lot of parents are kind of waking up to this thinking that just this just showed up here. But this has been coming here for a long time. Well, they are hijacking our children. Like I said earlier, the socialist state needs to control society. And the best way to do it is to indoctrinate and grab our children and let us parents and the older generation fade away. This is, I say, Carl, uh, normalization of evil. So it is very, you say, the sneak up on a lot of people here. That's true. But it was nothing that was... uh, difficult to observe. It was obvious to me, and I was very outspoken about it years before, but it just people didn't pay attention. Uh, that's That will happen because they want you to not to pay attention. They want to control the country. But again, I don't think the main goal here is to implement socialism in America. I think the main goal is to control society. So the people above, people, the, 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 the global national socialist can control the, the global resources, our banking system, and the people at the same time. So that, that needs to happen. They cannot do it without controlling America. And America is one of the last countries standing uh, against this globalization of uh, uh, resources, globalization of ideas, and and uh, slavering, slaving people into uh, uh, just the robots. That's what socialism does. But again, socialism is an excellent tool to accomplish that. So that is being used here very effectively. And with children, yes, absolutely, we need to stand up to it. We must not allow to... Uh, to indoctrinate our children. If parents see it, they need to talk to children. They need to educate them. There is America is a beautiful country. There's plenty of resources to learn from and, and read about it, what the real danger of socialism is, how to grow, uh, how to bring children into our society they are, that are strong, that are, have moral values, that they have faith. Please notice that every socialist state uh, uh, whether this is Joseph Stalin socialism, whether this Adolf Hitler socialism, national socialism, they all attack our children. They all will try to denigrate our faith, the patriotism, and our families. And this is what is happening right now. You know, our families are under attack. Our country is under attack, but not from outside so much as from within, from inside. And that's what is even more disturbing. Uh, What is more disturbing is the dual loyalty some of our our politicians. How is it allowed that we have in Congress people that are loyal to America, supposedly 
but loyal to Kenya, loyal to Somalia, loyal to Palestine, holding dual, dual citizenship. How is it that they are leading our country and where are they leading our country? Are they on the side of America or are on the side of Somalia, Kenya or Palestine? The dual citizenship is what is also wrecking our country. And it needs to be discussed that we need to address that. How, how you know, because you can't tell, okay, I'm 20% for, Somal- for Somalia and I am only 80, I'm 80% for America. How can you judge? How can you gauge that? You can't. And I, from actions of some of these politicians, seems like they hate America as much as some of the terrorists that I was hunting in the Middle East as a Navy SEAL. And they hate, um, and they have still love for their failed state they came from, like Somalia, Palestine, and Kenya or other countries. I think we need to end the dual citizenship in our Congress and in our uh, Senate and in our government. You're either loyal to America 100%, you are an American, or if you are half American, then go and be the halfway somewhere else and leave us alone. I think, unfortunately, Drago, the, the political system is, is so toxic in this country that the people who really probably should be leading us in Congress and in the Senate are just not willing to put up with the battle it takes to get to that spot. I mean, it's just uh, but th- thank God there's a lot of different and in your community too, the SEALs. I've had a bunch of them on the show here that are now in Congress. Morgan Luttrell, uh, Eli Crane, uh, Derek Van Orden. They've all been on the show here. All great dads, all good leaders. Uh, and it's good to see. Uh, people that have served the country to that capacity now getting involved. Is that, I mean, I know you got the book out here now, the pledge to America is, is a political career, something in your future, something you would ever consider. You see, I haven't been asked that very often because I do have the, uh, uh, I am being asked it very often, but I see myself more as a protector of America, as a protector of the process. I think this is where I'm become the most useful. So my job, I see, and my calling is to make sure that these people in politics are safe to make politics, to guide our society in our country without looking over the shoulder for some foreign power influencing them. So I think I will be much better uh, and much more useful uh, in protecting America and allowing this process, this democratic process, to take place that we choose our ways just by us, not influence, not looking over the shoulder for, by our, uh, for our other powers trying to sway our country this or the other way. So I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying no, but I think I'm much better, much more proficient that way uh, to be protector of America and American people. Well, one way or the other, your voice is so important. And the, the Pledge to America, one man's journey from political prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL. What was the genesis for you or what was the, the, the spark that led you to say, now's the time I got to get this book and get it out there? And what do you hope that the readers take away from it? Well, that's, like I said earlier, the first thing, the, the I wanted to write this book before, but it was never my priority. I never worried about it. But every time I mention about my ordeal in, in socialist state, about the political prisons, about the political executions, the mass graves in socialist states, 
I always had, wow, this is such a story. You need to write the book. This was so bad. Well, these people are missing my, were missing my point. Uh, my point is not how bad it is, because uh, people know it, but how great America is. I want people to read this book and use it as a prism to see the greatness of America, because America was built on goodness by good people, built on personal freedom, faith. And you can see it even today when uh, uh, this is so natural for people in America to help each other. It is so normal. It's so transparent to many Americans. They say, like, if you ask, why do you help this person? Because this is the right thing to do. This is how we do it in America. This is normal. Well, this is not normal anywhere else in the world. It is only normal in America because America was built on goodness. So I want to explain this for people when they educate themselves about the other political uh, uh, totalitarian systems, how dangerous they are. When they look into Amer at America through this book, through the prism of this book, I hope they will love it more. And I hope they will, uh, they will think like, I, I'm, like I'm thinking to be better American tomorrow than I am today. I am better American today than I was yesterday. And there is no hyphen in front of this American. I'm just American. <laughs> I, I, I love that, Drago. Yeah, the, the Pledge to America, One Man's Journey from Political Prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL. Let me bring it back to you as a dad just for a second here. Uh, I love to always get the perspective on, on the discipline styles of the dad. So, uh, and especially, uh, I struggle with this with my daughter, and my, thank God my wife handles a lot of that load. But what, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, and is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? It was very different than the discipline that I grew up with because <laughs> I was being spanked if I did something wrong and very quickly by my uh, mother. And uh, I, I don't know how effective it was anyway, but I grew up a decent uh, uh, person. But I don't, I don't use these tactics and I don't have it. Maybe I do something wrong, but my kids just listen. They are just good kids. And uh, we never uh, had the problems with any of our kids. Uh, sometimes maybe they fail at school a little bit here and there, but we are there to support them, to help them, to guide them through it. But we never had full-fledged revolt or any of our kids saying now they won't do it or they don't like it. Uh, I think that it is teamwork. It's not only the father, but it's also the mother. It is the family. This is why the family union is so important but also it's so dangerous to socialist goons and communists. But this is why, uh, but my, I think my discipline is just talk to kids and to my kids, being able to articulate and explain them what is wrong and uh, what is right. And uh, just to be always on the right side, to be honest and be good citizen. That's very important for me. I want them to be good Americans and, just uh, that's my goal. Yeah. And it seems like, too, the, the family unit has been uh, destroyed in this country. It's under attack. And we lead the world in fatherless households in this country with so many kids growing up without a father or a father's influence in their house. And that 
uh, really leads kids in the wrong direction, especially the ones that don't find that fatherhood figure uh, through a coach or through a teacher or even in the military. If they find it out in the street, that's why we continue to fill up the prison systems in this country with fatherless young men. And it seems like it's been on this, you know, all by design and it's getting worse. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about fatherhood and highlighting the fatherhood journeys of so many people that we look up to in our society for accomplishing so much. But really, when it comes down to it, the most important thing to everybody is their family and being a father. And I think if we could just get back to strengthening the family units in this country, uh, bring some God back into society, I, I think 90 percent of the trouble we have in America here would start to go away pretty quickly. Absolutely. We need to go back to our faith, our moral values, our family values away from the relative morality of politicians that will try to sway. Actually, this is something very, what is happening in our country right now is very desirable for socialists and communists when you try to destroy the country the way we know it. So having uh, uh, children without both parents, they are easier to influence by perverts and, uh, 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 and by the depravity. So it, we need to protect them. But uh, you know what, there's another thing too, we need to be very open about, uh, wokeness. The, 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 they, call it, they call it wokeness. There is no such, the, the wokeness is just another word for perversion, depravity and debauchery. And we need to be open about it. We need to be able, we need to be not afraid to say what it really stands for. But those are the tactics the communists use in Poland and is being used here to replace the inconvenient words with the benign words, which really does not alarm people too much. So what you would call perversion, depravity, and debauchery in the past, now you call it just wokeness, which people don't even know what it means. So that's one of the tactics. We do need to stand up for our children, but we need to go back to our faith that is anchored in, uh, in, on, on solid ground and move away from, uh, from, poly, uh, from the uh, uh, relative morality, from subscribing to the values of politicians who, as we know, changes very often and often is pure evil. And we've even seen this touch your community too, Drago. I, I had uh, Jocko Willink on the show a couple of years ago, and it, and it just happened to be at the same time. It was like a week after the Navy SEALs changed their ethos to be a gender neutral ethos, where it was instead of saying him, they said they, and instead of, you know, they changed it to make sure there was no gender in it. And Jocko was totally confused by why they would do that. But now you fast forward a couple of years, and we even see transgender Navy. Uh, recruitment videos like so uh, it seems like it's even touched your community as well this stuff well you know let me say this there is no such thing as transgender transgender you are either man or woman a man wearing dress and wig is still a man in the dress and wig there is no amount of legislation or willpower they can transmute x chromosome into y chromosome and vice versa so so th th there is no such thing. But what we need to be careful with here is not to allow these socialist goons to divide us. They use these mental ill people to divide us even further. They don't deserve a, a, a punishment or they don't deserve a, being ostracized. They are mentally ill people. We need to have compassion for these people. And uh, I'm not talking about these perverts raiding our schools, libraries, and, uh, uh, and uh, 
raiding our children and trying to read the books to them. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about genuinely confused, uh, uh, sick people. You wouldn't go and chastise people with schizophrenia. I think America has a great country when we show a compassion to people that in normal in any other country would be ostracized or, or even killed, thrown off the roofs of the buildings. Um, we have that compassion, and we should treat people with uh, uh, gender dysphoria just like we treat people with schizophrenia. They need our help. They don't need to be ostracized. You know, that's that's think about it this way too. What if you are a parent of such child? Uh, you know, the fact is that usually 80%, 80% of these uh, transgender confusion goes away after puberty. And, uh, and so you don't really need to do anything but be a good parent to get child over it. But there are some people that are mentally ill that will, that will not go away. And we must show them compassion we, and that by inclusiveness. I mean, you know, let them live the way they want to live. We are a free country. There's a space and place for everybody, whether you will the wig and dress or not. <laughs> yeah, very true. And, I, you know, I had Chris Beck on here who became Kristen Beck and then transitioned back. And now he's speaking out about the dangers of this entire thing and talking about his process, which I think, just like in your case, you came from this, you've lived it, you've experienced it. And that's usually the best source we can ever get is to hear the testimony of guys who have gone through certain things like you have with the communists and the socialist stuff. That's why I think your book, your voice, uh, The Pledge to America, One Man's Journey from Political Prisoner to U.S. Navy SEAL is so important. Father's Day is right here. It makes a great Father's Day book for any dad out there. It's a perfect time for this thing to drop and so much needed right now. So God bless you for your voice and what you're doing. And I'm running up against the clock here. So the last thing I want to hit you with here, Drago, love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Participate in child's life. Be present and be educate yourself and also understand what the child is being taught in school and be able to counteract the narrative if it is perverted uh, narrative. But also I would like to use this, uh, your show here to say thank you to all American people for my freedom. I always hear thank you for your service, but I think that should be the other way around because uh, I'm a free man. The only, the only way I can uh, say is to shows like yours say thank you to all Americans for my freedom and for my life as American. Very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. Uh, Drago, Duran, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show.